0: Please join with me the reading of God's Word before this time of sermon, found in Matthew chapter 10, verses 40 through 42. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you've ever lived in a tourist town, you know that locals don't always look forward to the tourist season. While visitors think vacation, they think invasion. Many times, the quaint, idyllic towns where they reside are inundated by loud, intrusive people. Traffic jams, bare grocery shelves, and long wait times at restaurants become a brief but ever inconvenient norm. That's probably why some locals give unflattering nicknames to these tourists. Here's what I found in my research, and no, I'm not kidding when I read these aloud. Fudgies. Zonies. And perhaps my favorite of the lot, cone liquors. You might describe them as out-of-towners or vacationers, or perhaps you just use a more colloquial question. I want you to imagine it being read or said aloud in a specific southern twain. You ain't from around here, is you? Let's not be too hard on the tourists, though. I mean, they have a perspective all their own. After all, you've heard of a tourist trap. Within these places, tourists find costs at a premium and many times services at a minimum. They can try to bargain as best they can, but not being from there and possibly never going back, they are at a distinct disadvantage. This is especially true for families who are vacationing with their children. It seems as though tourist traps know exactly how to leverage the things that kids want the most and parents could never possibly consider to pack. The prices, of course, are extraordinary. Parents cry out, there's no way this costs this much for normal people. And they're right with one key exception. They're not normal. They're tourists. So, They shell out the big bucks so that Junior gets a hermit crab or Baby Girl gets the henna tattoo. This, my friends, is tourist season. Lovely, isn't it? It's no wonder that locals and tourists alike give a collective sigh of relief when tourist season comes to an end, although it will be until next summer when they return to live it again. In tourist season, we're all prone to one of two things. One, being a tourist who is all about receiving without any thought of giving back, or two, being a local who gives but always with the expectation that they're going to be compensated for services rendered. Both speak entitlement. We're not careful. This becomes a habit beyond any season, tourist or other. Tourist season, in fact, can become a vicious cycle when we cannot get entitlement out of our hearts, minds, and souls. Either in receiving or providing, we're operating under the belief that we deserve things that really aren't ours to claim. Who do we think we are? Who do we think we are when we only go to receive or only give so that we can receive in turn? Something needs to be done about this and fast, for entitlement is a dangerous way to live. It hardens hearts. It allows selfish behavior to rule and perhaps most egregious of all, people, made in the image of a holy God, become merely a means to an end, whether that be for pleasure or for compensation. Moreover, for the Christian, entitlement means that we cannot be the people who Jesus calls us to be. Thus, tourist season must end. Hear what Jesus has to say, therefore, about a new way to live. In a way in which we're no longer tourists and no longer locals. Jesus, in the scripture that we're studying today, declares an end to tourist season. The gospel writer in Matthew 10 recalls when Jesus sends out the 12 on their first solo mission trip. They've allowed and followed their rabbi for some time as student disciples, but now, Jesus calls out those he says are his little ones as apostles. His instructions for them are to go and proclaim the following. The kingdom of God is near. This they are to say to the surrounding villages where fellow Jews reside. As they do, they are to heal the lame, raise the dead, rebuke the evil spirits, and make the blind see. Should the twelve go in such a way, no local yokel could ever decry that they are a here today but gone tomorrow tourist. No, they will be a people that always leave any place, every place, better than they found it. Now, who wouldn't want visitors like that? More than you think. Jesus reveals that not only will they be rejected, but he will be rejected too. This is strange since Jesus isn't actually present with them on this missionary journey and therefore needs a little more explanation. In that time amongst the Jews, a practice known as shaliach, meaning sent in Hebrew, was the norm. An ambassador sent by a king was the equivalent of having the king come and visit himself. The same was true for rabbis and their students. Therefore, if an individual rejected the student or the ambassador, it was as if they were rejecting the king or the rabbi themselves. To refuse anyone of the 12 meant to reject Jesus. And people, believe it or not, had their reasons, although they were pretty poor. The trademark of Jesus' ministry was to go and do unto the least of these. And in that Jesus is proclaiming grace to those that society deemed as hopeless. Through God's grace, Jesus proclaiming that everybody has equal access to God. Now that's why Jesus is loved dearly by the crowds, but it's also a bit of a lightning rod for those who are in the religious elite and would prefer to dole God's grace out to those they see fit. Some people, like now as in then, just can't grasp grace, and they never will. The thought of God outpouring his love to all angers them, and they retaliate with verbal abuse, physical harm, and spiritual disenfranchisement to those who profess it. Jesus warns the 12 about such people. In his instructions saying to the disciples, "Be as innocent as doves, but also as shrewd as serpents." In other words, be kind to all, but be on guard for not everybody is going to be kind to you in response. To be sure there will be those that reject them, but there will also be those, the people of peace Jesus says, who receive them well. Jesus proclaims that those who do will receive a prophet's or a righteous person's reward. If only they offer but a glass of water to one of the parched throats of the 12, they will receive a reward that can never be taken from them. Jesus's instructions within this passage signal how to end the tourist season here and now. He says that if you are going as a visitor, don't go expecting only to receive. You better go prepared in order to give something from your heart unto those who reside there in the name of Jesus. It doesn't have to be something overly extravagant or spiritually demonstrative. A simple prayer said in Jesus' name will do. Recently, on vacation at Hilton Head Island, I found myself saying a simple breath prayer for the many families gathered there, all seemingly from the state of Ohio. I don't know how. As I watched them play in the pool or scurry about in the beach, I asked for God to simply prosper their family in Jesus' name. Now, you might be thinking, Pastor, that's too easy. Well, maybe you're right. So, please take this as my permission to go and best your pastor in wherever you visit next. Do something of your own imagination, of your own spiritual calling that says, not only am I receiving, I am also giving in Jesus' name. But there's the other side too you can't expect something in return every time you give. To help us break that mentality, I have the following visualization, if you'll join me. Imagine that every person you receive as the host is Jesus himself. Would you really offer Jesus, the Savior of your very soul, a meal in your house, but then at the end of the night slide across to him a bill at the end of the evening? Of course not. Nor should we receive any little one, whether they be a representative of Jesus Christ himself or just some passerby, as one that we need to get compensation from. Many times, friends, the act of simply being generous is in and of itself more compensation than we could ever deserve, Being generous for generosity's sake is is a blessing beyond measure. It's something that Jesus talked about. He said that if we embrace this radical hospitality, if we, in fact, do as unto others as we would have them do unto us, we will be practicing a golden rule. Not one that puts gold in our pockets, mind you, but one that does something transformative in our hearts, minds, and soul. Something of great value and worth that will last for an eternity. Just like a glass of water, what Jesus talks about here is a way of life that is refreshing to both the tourist and the local, the guest and the host the alien and the native, and, of course, people just like you and me. Jesus suspends the notion that people are a means to an end and instead says we're all just people. With it comes the end of tour season, but not only. Within it, there's a reward, and I believe that that reward is the beginning Of eternal life. I know the idea of tourist season in Carrollton, Georgia, seems a bit of a reach. I don't think last time we checked this is necessarily a destination for many families, but let me give you some illustrations of how that looks here in our context. I've seen things in our church that tell me that tourist season is coming to an end. First, last week, I went to the hospital to visit Billy Green, who was having heart issues. No sooner had I arrived than I saw D'Lo O'Neill in her car, pulling in to come and visit Billy and his wife, Sybil. Why don't we go visit together, I asked. And I'm so glad we did. It was wonderful. In the hospital room as we visited, I celebrated in Dilo, I saw a person who proclaimed the kingdom of God is near as we prayed that Billy be healed and for Sybil's peace of mind. You see Dilo is a person who went to visit but was looking for the opportunity to give and give she did. But people also come to visit us at First Baptist Church Carrollton. How are we receiving them? Well, Last Sunday before service, a gentleman arrived in our church, hungry, beltless, and shoeless. Now, many churches would have rejected him just upon his mere appearance, but not at First Baptist Church, for here he was welcome and helped at no cost. He received all he needed and more, shoes, belt, a meal, and a ride to his next stop best part about this is I didn't even have to lift a finger. (laughs) Kurt Geibig, Herb and Kobe Smith, Marty Smith, no relation, longer story, attended to this gentleman. By the time I finally met him after church, he not only had all he needed, but he also had something else. He had a smile on his face. I would like to think that it came from having received something as precious as the grace of God, but at the same time, nobody asked him for anything in return for what he received. It was almost as quite literally a glass of cold water had been delivered to his parched soul, and for the first time in a long time, he wasn't thirsting anymore, man, How wonderful it is to give without any notion of compensation. These examples before us today are both encouragement and exhortation. Be encouraged that this is who we are as a church and who we continue to become. A church that says the tourist season is ending. We are about the good work of Jesus Christ. Folks, we go to give. And when people come to visit us, we give without any thought about what's in it for us. What an amazing church to be a pastor to. Thank you. Now for your exhortation, because after all, I am a preacher. May we all continue to proclaim the following, the kingdom of God has come near let it be in our going and in our receiving there are so many more lives for us to touch in Jesus name did you know that so many more lives to touch in Jesus name like those who will gather on our lawn tomorrow at high noon for the fourth of July parade where Ben and Mariah Whitmer will be there to give them what a bottle of cold water We haven't yet begun to see that all that God is going to do through this body of believers who profess Jesus Christ as Lord and as those who are about his mission at all times. It's just like the theme of our CBF General Assembly, which Pastor Tyler, Reverend Henry, Brenna Gale, and I attended this past week in Atlanta entitled, Holy Ambition. The word from our executive director, Dr. Paul Baxley, and others was, that this, this time in history, it is a bold undertaking to be about a Baptist as well as being about the mission of God in this world. But when we are in the heart of God on our mission, we find the fulfillment of our own. Yes, the task is arduous, but the reward is great and everlasting. It is for that reason we say, Dare I ask you to join in with me? The kingdom of God is near. Okay, you're waking up. Let's try it again. The kingdom of God is near. And to that, I might add, the best is yet to come. Will you join me in prayer? Father, as we turn now to this moment of decision and proclaim and profess the kingdom of God is near, we call an end to tourist season. We are set free to be a people that go and give, to be a people that give and expect nothing in return, to be a people that look to Jesus Christ as the fulfillment of our hearts, minds, and soul. So in that spirit, have thine own way in this moment. If there be a heart that need prayer, may they come forward. If there be a heart that need to profess that Jesus Christ is Lord, may they come forward. And if there be a heart that need to desire that they need to join this body of believers at First Baptist Church, may they likewise do so. This is your moment with us. And in true Baptist spirit, we ask for every heart to respond as they feel so led. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. May you stand and may you sing.